Dateline, October 7th, 2014. G'day folks and welcome to the Ozdesk for episode 319 of the Airplane Geeks and today it's just me here in the studio. Uh, I was going to try and record with ATC Ben but my weekend went kind of crazy. I had a friend from Argentina visiting and it's been pretty flat out and it's now Tuesday morning our time and I'm recording this just in time to send it to Max, I hope. But anyhow, first bit on the news is actually from back in New Zealand, where I was the other week. And this is the Martin Aircraft Company. They're the folks who are developing the Martin Jetpack. Not really a jetpack. It's actually a uh, rather large ducted fan system that gets strapped to your back. It was shown over in Oshkosh many years ago, and uh, a lot of people weren't really impressed with it. Part of that problem was because the guys couldn't really fly it due to restrictions and crowd controls and so on. They had to keep it tethered. They weren't really allowed to do much. And I remember the guys from Martin being a little up upset that they weren't able to really show off the jetpack at Oshkosh, which led to a lot of people thinking it's probably not that great. Well, the Martin jetpack has been developed in the meantime, and it's looking pretty good. They've done a lot of the research and development, and they're uh, now getting ready to commercialize it, and uh, they're actually going to take the Martin Aircraft Company public. They're going to try to raise $25 million in an initial public offering. They're going to see what they can get up to. The jetpack's pretty cool, designed to be flown by a pilot strapped into it or via remote control. They claim that it's uh, great for use in emergency situations that helicopters can't get into. It is pretty impressive to see it going and uh, have a, see a person flying around. They were also working on a uh, ballistic recovery systems parachute for the unit as well, because of course, if the engine gives out, you're coming down pretty hard and you don't have a seat to try and absorb all the impacts. So a uh, parachute is a good idea, but they think the IPO should be a bit of a success and uh, will give them a market cap of about $122 million. So the idea is to uh, start making up to 500 jetpacks annually in New Zealand within a couple of years. Then they want to expand to overseas manufacturing. Uh, They've got interest from all around the world. This could be an amazing thing for them. Meanwhile, back here closer to home, the Civil Aviation Safety Authority is copping some flack for uh, their introduction of Part 61 licensing. They did try and introduce it earlier in the year, but it got put on hold and uh, was pushed back to 1 September. They then pushed through despite people in the industry still saying there was problems, and Part 61 is now live. And this gives us a whole new uh, method of licensing. The the basic core concepts are still the same, and they've introduced a new uh, recreational pilot's license, which is a bit of a blast from the past because uh, the RPL was something they introduced a while back and then just buried because it didn't really work. They've uh, done it slightly differently this time, and it's more like a little RAOS license for GA aircraft. They've introduced the manual of standards concept, which uh, tells you how to do things and so on. And there's been a lot of issues found, according to some, related to uh, how that manual of standards talks about the kind of training required. A few of the issues that have come up have related to tailwheel endorsements and training and uh, performance management for climbouts and landings and tailwheels. And I know a couple of uh, tailwheel instructors who have read the information and said they really want to see a CASA-approved uh, examiner demonstrate it for them because they're pretty sure to trash the aircraft if they tried so it's it's kind of interesting and uh, we'll see where all that goes Cass is saying that it's not introducing any new costs um, not costing anyone anything to uh, get their licenses transitioned and while that is technically correct that people are getting their new part 61 licenses sent out with whatever endorsements they currently have there are additional costs to be incurred for those who want to add new endorsements particularly in aerobatics and tailwheel and so on uh, to keep some some ratings you've got to do more you have to do more flight tests and checks and so on. So costs are likely to go up with this. There are a few flight schools that are scratching their heads about it. 
and a lot of it seems to be the famous devils in the details issues. So hopefully they can get this all sorted out. Cassidy is engaging on further education and assistance for the transition, but I think some of these things will just have to be uh, argued out at the uh, higher levels. And speaking of the higher levels, uh, Australia has confirmed it's going to get two extra C-17s. That will take our total fleet up to eight, and they're also considering an additional two, which could take us up to ten. Now, I know that's nothing compared to the US, but for us here in Australia, that's pretty amazing, especially as we're all scratching our heads wondering where they're going to put them because if all six of the uh, C-17s and all five KC-30s were to uh, park at Amberley there wouldn't be a lot of space left and Amberley Air Base near Brisbane there also has the Growlers and the Super Hornets, so it's becoming quite a, a, a packed base, especially with the additional two C-17s and then the indications are that the C-27J Spartans we're getting will be based at Amberley eventually they'll start off in Richmond as a temporary measure and then transition up to Amberley. So Amberley is going to get very crowded. I suspect we're going to be seeing a lot of aircraft uh, deployed into forward areas, much as the E-7 Wedgetail is currently uh, officially based at Williamtown, but quite often seen deployed at forward bases at Tyndall and so on. Uh, There is some thought that the uh, same may wind up happening for the C-27J. So although the RAAF are doing uh, improvements to Amberley and expanding the areas, it's pro- very likely that uh, a number of these aircraft from both the uh, KC-30A, the uh, C-17 and the C-27J will be scattered around Australia and the world on foreign deployments, local deployments, missions and so on. But if all those aircraft did come back, I think it would be a lot like the uh, aircraft groundings of September 11. Where do we put them all? The other bit of news to end on is that uh, both of the RAAF's first F-35s, known as AU-1 and AU-2, officially the RAF serials A-35-001 and-002, have flown. The first one made its flight at the end of September and the second one on October 1st. So now both of our initial F-35 airframes have flown and uh, once they go through the uh, trial assessments and so on, they'll be ferried over to Luke Air Force Base next year and our official training program will uh, kick into higher gear with our own aircraft. That's all for me. I've managed to get this one out in time. Yay. Uh, Yet definitely missing Steve and his elite editing skills, but we'll see how we go with this one. Thanks, folks, and we'll catch you next week.